Welcome to the Whole Assistant Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Croner. I'm a former assistant who's passionate about our profession, and I'm also a certified coach who's invested in your success. You've come to the right place if you want to know what it looks like to stand in your power and achieve success as an assistant free from overwhelm and burnout. Now, on to today's episode. Hello! So this is a month of better. If you're listening to this podcast as it comes out in real time, it is October. And we are talking all about better things. Last week, I shared how to ask better questions. Today, I'm going to share how to feel better. And next week, I'll be going into some other better yumminess. So today, we are talking all about three common emotions that we deal with as executive assistants. And I know that these are common emotions because I walk my clients through them all the time. I myself experienced these emotions when I was an executive assistant. I still feel these emotions from time to time. As someone who supports executive assistants and really wants to see executive assistants succeed. And those emotions are overwhelm, feeling unappreciated or somehow undervalued, and lack of confidence. So I just want to lay a foundation before I dive into how to feel better when it comes to overwhelm. I want to lay the foundation first. And I kind of want to review what I've already previously gone over in another episode and that is a model. So feelings result from a thought in our brain. So there's a circumstance that happens, then we have a thought about it, and then the feeling results from that thought. Now, this is actually good news because this revelation completely changed my life, completely changed my life. Before I really grasped onto this concept, I was totally living at the effect of my circumstances. And so I just want to share that piece. I love this work and I want to share it with you so much because it helped me. It helped me take back my power. I had previously been giving away. It also helped me stop feeling pushed around by life. I appreciate that someone can try and control my external circumstances, but I get to control how I feel about it. I get to control how I show up for it. And ultimately, I get to decide what I want to do about it. And that is so empowering. So all other people can create for us are circumstances. And this means that nobody can make you feel bad. It means that nobody can make you feel less than, et cetera. Now, I'm not going to say that we don't experience those emotions in the moment because our brains tend to react so fast and then that causes the emotion to come up so fast in the moment. But this is actually really good news because if you can pick it apart and really get at the root of what is going on for you and recognize that at the root of every emotion is a thought, that can be a superpower that you can leverage to show up however you want to show up in your role, however you want to show up in life. Now, this doesn't mean also that we should want to feel rainbows and daisies and butterflies all of the time. When something terrible happens, I genuinely want to feel sad or angry or whatever the emotion is that would be fitting to that terrible situation. So I'm not saying that we don't want to experience bad emotion or we don't want to experience negativity anyway. That is part of the human experience. And so I'm not trying to talk us out of that. All I'm trying to point out here is that we can control our emotional state by managing our minds. So when it comes to solving for overwhelm, I do have a few boots on the ground things that will help you solve for overwhelm. First of all, you have to know your priorities. 
you have to know what your exact priorities are. And I'm actually going to be coming out with a valuable free (laughs) worksheet in the next couple of months, hopefully, that helps you find clarity on your executive's priorities and will walk your executive through the process of finding clarity on their own priorities. Because often our executives don't know how to prioritize, believe it or not. And so they're playing whack-a-mole constantly. And then you're over here trying to pick up the pieces behind them, which means you're also playing whack-a-mole, which can contribute to the overwhelm that you're feeling. So first of all, knowing your priorities will be key to mitigating that overwhelm. Also, creating strategic systems will go a long way in solving for overwhelm as well. Part of the reason we feel overwhelmed is because we are carrying this huge mental load because we've not actually thought about our task tracking system. We've not actually created a task tracking system. All the tabs are open. All Everything is open. So creating strategic systems will go a long way in mitigating overwhelm because all of that stuff goes out of your head. It goes into your task tracking system and you can see it externally which I just love because that way we aren't having to keep track of everything in our head, right? And also focusing on the next one thing. I have a whole podcast episode about this. I will link to it in the show notes below, but focusing on the next one thing will also keep us out of overwhelm. Overwhelm happens when we take in the big picture and think that everything has to be done this second. But if we can actually allow our brains to focus on the next one thing, on the next priority, on the next thing that needs to get done and take action, then that will keep us focused and it will take us out of overwhelm. So I think we also need to stop looking at all that's on our plates. Stop thinking that everything must get done immediately. So one thing to note about overwhelm is that it is considered an indulgent emotion because it's often less scary for our brains to experience overwhelm than it is to take imperfect action. I'm going to say that last part again, and just in case you weren't listening fully. So for those in the back of the room, listen up. It's often less scary for our brains to experience overwhelm than it is to take imperfect action. So what happens is we think that there's one perfect way to do something. We think that there's this underlying current, like that somebody must know how to do this better than I currently know how to do this. So instead of taking the imperfect action that will keep us out of overwhelm, we would rather indulge in overwhelm than to take that action for fear of misstepping. But guys, here's the truth. Any action is better than inaction. Imperfect action gets you closer to an end result. Staying stuck in overwhelm will mean that we are failing in advance because we aren't actually taking the action we need to take in order to get the task done and off our plate. So I just want you to watch for that as your reality. Ask yourself, why am I experiencing overwhelm? Is because I know I need to take this action and I don't want to, and I'd much rather indulge in overwhelm than take the imperfect action? Just watch for that because this is a thing that comes up that we are often unaware of but it can totally be the reality for some of us. So we can manage our brains so that we experience less overwhelm. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have overwhelming moments. I'm not saying that we don't have experience overwhelm. It is part of the human experience, but those are some ways in which you can mitigate those feelings of overwhelm and get into action. Sitting there thinking about all you have on your plate and not taking action 
is not going to get you any closer to getting it done. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about how to solve for feeling unappreciated or undervalued. Now, to be clear, this is different than being underutilized. They're two completely different things. Being underutilized, in my mind, is more of a circumstance that you get to decide how to show up for. Feeling unappreciated is an emotion in our bodies, okay? So I just want to make that distinction for you so that we can deal with this unappreciated part and that you aren't taking this as dealing with being underutilized, which is a circumstance. So in order to stop feeling unappreciated, we've got to stop trying to insert ourselves into our executive's brain or our colleague's brain or whoever's brain it is that we are feeling unappreciated by. So I'm just going to give you an example. Your executive will act a certain way. He will not say thank you, or he may not give an atta girl, or there may be crickets after you save her tushy on a flight or whatever the case may be. Instead of giving yourself a pat on the back or the atta girl, you just decide to feel unappreciated and resentful. And what's going on there is you're trying to get in your executive's brain and control what he thinks about you and control how he's showing up for you or she's showing up for you or they are showing up for you, right? It's not actually helpful. So we just need to stay in our lane mentally and we need to stay in our lane emotionally. Now, I will say it's absolutely lovely when we do get the a girl or when we do receive appreciation. Absolutely. And that can be a cherry on top and we can feel great and amazing by that. But I think that we're becoming more and more entitled to that. And I don't think that's necessarily a helpful thing, especially if you're not getting it. So that's why I really want to address how to solve for feeling unappreciated. We just need to stop expecting it. The only thing that anybody owes you in a work environment is a paycheck. Okay. They don't owe you the atta girls. So feeling entitled to a pat on the back won't actually serve you in serving the work and getting things done. Knowing or understanding your value add can be a huge asset to you. Knowing and understanding your enoughness at work can be a huge, can be a huge thing for you. So standing in that, knowing the value you add on a daily basis, even if your executive doesn't see or recognize it, will help you tremendously in feeling appreciated and feeling like you are enough in your role. And last but not least, when it comes to solving for feeling unappreciated, show up to serve the work. When we show up to serve the work, we can produce high quality work. We can also let our executives just be them. They can show up how they're going to show up and we can show up to do good quality, high quality work and to get things done because we aren't showing up in service of them. Ultimately, we're showing up in service of the work. And this will also keep our brains clear from being timid or dancing around issues or things like that. If we show up to serve the work and something needs to be said, you're going to say it. You're going to use your voice. So that whole, this whole like feeling unappreciated thing, we, that is an internal job. (laughs) If you're feeling unappreciated in your role, of course, it would be nice to have the accolades. Of course, it would be nice to get the at a girl and pat on the back, but it's not a requirement for you to feel completely appreciated in your role. I want you to think about what it would look like for you to feel completely appreciated in your role 
without any circumstances changing, without anybody showing up differently, what would that look like for you? I love questions like this because it actually gets the brain thinking in a whole new way. So show up to serve the work, recognize that the only thing that you're owed is a paycheck, and ultimately give yourself a pat on the back. The last feeling that I'm going to talk about today is a lack of confidence, which can also be correlated with a fear of failure. So many of us, the first kind of piece of all of this, especially with confidence, many of us associate confidence with arrogance. And so we aren't sure that we want to show up super confident because if we show up super confident, we're afraid we may come off cocky. So that's one roadblock to confidence that I see with some of my clients. Not all of them for sure, but some of them. So arrogance, just to clear all of this up for you, arrogance is a belief that you're better than someone. Confidence is the belief that you are as worthy as everyone else. So to clear that up, I just want to share that little tidbit with you. You don't need to fear being cocky or arrogant. Confidence is the belief that you are as worthy as everyone else. And confidence is also the result of self-trust. And self-trust is built on a pile of failure. So that's the hard thing, right? If we are so afraid of failing and we don't take confident action because we're so afraid of failing, and the reality is, is that confidence is built on a, confidence is the result of self-trust and self-trust is actually built on failure because what happens is you fail and you trust yourself to pick yourself up and keep on going and then you figure it out and then you trust yourself even more to get up and keep on going and then you begin to figure things out and then the confidence begins to build because you've done it a million times and then you're able to do these other things as well, these other ancillary things that you didn't at one point in time think you could ever do. So just be aware of that. Failing is not a bad thing. It's not because you learn from it. And you harness it, and that builds confidence. Where we get into trouble when it comes to confidence is with this underlying belief that there must be one right way of doing something and that we don't know what it is. There must be a better way. I don't know what it is, right? And that idea that you don't know what it is means that you're probably not going to take the steps. You're going to play it really safe, and you're not actually going to develop that self-trust because you're probably not going to go far enough to put yourself out there to actually experience failure or the surprise of hitting it right on the head. So there often is not one right way of doing something. And even if there is, there again, taking any action is better than being stuck in inaction and overwhelm. There are literally hundreds of ways of doing something. Hundreds. Now, some ways may be more effective. And yes, there are best practices, but you just try something. And then you pivot and then you tweak and then you keep on going one foot in front of the other. Fail fast, fail big and move on. The biggest key to confidence is trusting yourself to pivot and modify as necessary. So taking the first step, looking around, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to try. Taking another step, putting yourself out there. Oh, that didn't quite work. So I'm just going to make this little tweak and keep on going. So I hope this episode helps you to feel better. I hope that you will take some thoughts that you find super, super helpful from this episode and implement them. And I just hope that this episode will bring some self-awareness around ways that you may be giving up your power to certain situations that you may not have been aware of before. 
ways that you may not have been harnessing the full strength and the full force of you. I hope you found this episode helpful. Be intentional. Be whole. That is all for now. I help assistants apply the concepts I share on this podcast. If you're ready to take your growth deeper and you're curious whether working with me in a coaching capacity is right for you, please email me at Annie, A-N-N-I-E, at wholeassistant.com to schedule your complimentary discovery call. 